it is hello everybody i'm rachel i'm jen this is two sisters oh sorry <laughs> i screwed that up <laughs> <laughs> so we're interviewing uh, a good friend, Forrest, today on uh, his meditation practice. So we're in our first week of daily meditation, and I thought we'd reach out. Actually, Forrest, you're our first interview. It's yes. a big deal for us. I feel honored. Yeah, it's so cool. So do you want to tell us a little bit about you to start? Whatever you want. Yeah, a little bit about me. I used to be a teacher. Uh, I like to be outdoors a lot. I've traveled a lot. I'm interested in language, and that's what my master's degree is in linguistics. So would you say um, meditation is a type of language? Yeah, I think all things, uh, all the subjects we study in school, math included, um, are languages and can be taught like a language you know either with building blocks or kind of like drumming with rudiments you put these together and they create a conversation so have you been meditating this week i have this is day three thanks to you guys uh um, i've never done a daily practice so i think that this is um not only a practice to expand my meditation skills, but also just to create some rhythm and grounding and discipline in my daily life um, because I've been needing that, so. So how Good. long have you been meditating, like when you sit down to meditate? Well, uh, my freshman year in college, I was 18. That's when I started to become interested in Eastern mm -hmm. philosophy. And I think that's a natural transition into meditation um, because they often go hand in hand. Um, I think if you also travel to any of the Eastern countries, you're kind of surrounded by um, cultural constructs that involve meditation, whether it's Buddhism or other religions like um, Hindu. Um, you might even see people meditating in the street. Um, I, made, I made some notes on the back of an envelope this was kind of a last minute interview but you know i was just thinking like oh what what else is like meditation and you know meditation is kind of like religion and a lot of the religions i think include aspects of meditation i think like um for me personally meditation is kind of about going within and a lot of the religions might involve like an external construct, um, whatever that might be. Um, what do you mean? But by one that note I made about um, Islam is that um, you know one of the one of the central pillars of Islam is surrendering, and I think that that's a a, a nice um, mantra for meditation is um, surrendering um, because we do get caught up in all, all of our attachments and, and normal habits and rhythms in our daily life. And they start to inform our behavior because we get into, oh, now it's time to do this. Now it's time to do that. And um, meditation is, I think, a great way to surrender to what your body and mind and spirit are experiencing and um, to become aware of what that's doing um, on the inside. Mm -hmm. 
So Forrest, when you were 18 and got interested in Eastern religions, did you start playing around with meditation then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, you know, reading in books is a lot different than experiencing it firsthand. Um, that's true with anything. So um, my one of my first trips to Japan, I remember going into a Buddhist temple, and that was a completely different experience um, on so many levels. There was nobody in there. It was totally peaceful and quiet. Um, and so it was just a space set up to be productive meditation. Um, and they do have people that come and check on you and ask if you want help or guidance in your meditation. And I think, I think that's neat too. So I did learn a little bit from some of the practitioners there, but we're not surrounded by that kind of those um, structurally oriented mechanisms in the United States. Right. I mean, there are Buddhist temples um, right. here in Colorado, and there probably are in Portland, and there probably Certainly, are in San Francisco. Yeah. And there's one in Mount Shasta um, of all places. Yeah, there's an abbey there. I forgot yeah. about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's not a driving force in our culture like it is in Japan. So they have that kind of pushed me in further with the practice. Sorry, that was my nieces. <laughs> No. Well, I see Jen's kids like head sticking in everything. <laughs> yeah. Trying to just ignore it and keep going. <laughs> no distractions, right? Yeah. <laughs> so Jen, how's your uh, meditation going each day? Well, today was day three. Um, I have failed. I will try before the day is over. I meditated for 10 minutes the first day, 10 minutes the second day. This morning I woke up and I clicked on, I have a meditation app that I haven't used in a long time. And I talked about that the last time. Like I, I want to get away from that because it's the phone apps, not great for me for meditation, but I did like click on a meditation this morning, but I fell back to sleep, well, you try, well. which is fine, but that's not meditation. I'm going to try another 10 minute, uh, a 10 minute stretch today before the day is over. But I, I did fail at the first thing in the morning thing, which I did the first two days. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm giving it my best shot. I know it's not gonna be perfect. <laughs> so I've been doing 10 minutes a day. And the first day I did um, a guided meditation that Forrest sent me. And uh, that was good, it was easy. It was like all of a sudden the 10 minutes was over and I barely noticed. And I think I found that personally, I just like to sit quietly. So the net, the today and yesterday, I just set a timer, close my eyes and just let whatever happened, happen. Um, I think I've had enough of a meditation practice in the past. It came back pretty easily. 10 minutes isn't very long. It goes really fast. And uh, I'm able to at least keep myself coming back to the breath. I mean, my mind definitely wanders, but there are times where it doesn't, and um, I feel some space there. I did want to comment, too, that I dropped the kids off at school today, and I went for a run, and that was longer, right? So it was like 40 minutes, and it feels like we were talking about moving meditation. That feels just as meditative, um, and it's a longer period of time, right? Because I only sit for 10 minutes, but I go on a 40-minute run. It feels a lot longer, so anyway 
Yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of value in, in moving meditation. I think, you know, moving our bodies can change our minds and uh, where our mindset is. Um, my brother-in-law, who's an athlete, he has a mantra of calm in the chaos. And um, I think that, you know, typically for me, when I start a run or a swim, my mind and body are kind of chaotic and sometimes frustrated with me. <laughs> Why are we doing this? Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, you get to a flow and I, I feel like that's when my mind meditation begins too. It's like my body is in a rhythm and um, everything's kind of on autopilot and your breath is in a rhythm that's consistent. And so um, I feel like your mind is more free at that point to um, go inward. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. I wonder if there's, cause um, I certainly notice after I work out, um, whether it's a solo workout or whether it's a dance class when I've worked really hard and had a really good cardio experience. Um, you know, I know that a lot of endorphins release in your body after a good workout. And I do feel like my mind is kind of clean after working, after exercising. Mm -hmm. um, what's the relationship there, right? Like I kind of use exercise to get to that clean slate in my mind with the lovely feel good chemicals and hormones being released. Um, but I've been mindful of the fact that I don't want to be quote unquote addicted to that for a calm mind, you know, like I've, I've thought about that over the years that, um, and it, I thought a lot about it when I was injured and it was hard to work out for a while. And it was, and it, I really was missing being able to exercise and get to that clean slate and that sitting meditation is, you know, I, I want to be able to sit and get to a clean, you know, a calm state of mind without having to work really hard for a half hour or an hour to get there. Um, and just thinking about that when I start thinking about meditation as kind of being, you know, it's not the same thing exactly, but it's sort of related, I guess. I don't know. Do either of you have any Hmm. reactions to that as as the person I feel like on this zoom who has had probably the least success in sitting meditation sitting is hard I think it's hard um especially if you are you know it sounds like as a dancer you're apt to move your body and um I, I definitely feel that way too if I have free time I want to go move my body and so it, it is, it's, I think, a stricter practice to sit. Have you, guys, have you heard of Vipassana? I, <laughs> no. I started a Vipassana. I made it um, two days. But did you I, go to a center with I people? did go to a center, yeah. Um, we took a vow of silence. It's a 10-day silent retreat, and you sit all day for 10 days. Mm -hmm. um, I became violently ill because of something I was reacting to in the food. So I had to leave, but. Um, Interesting. So oh, that's such you, a bummer. You did do two days of sitting? I did, yeah. How was that? Hard. It was really hard. I bet. It's a very specific practice, too. Uh -huh. um, so if you're not used to rigid instruction and and following something that's, 
esoteric. Um, that can be, that was like a bigger challenge to me, but definitely it felt hard in my body. My body was sore in spots and I wasn't expecting my body to hurt from sitting, but mm-hmm. when you sit all day for days, you know, it definitely takes a toll. Yeah, the, someone made a film called Doing Time, Doing Vipassana, and they basically took Vipassana into a prison in India. And they did this program where whoever wanted to be a part of it could be a part of it. And in the prison, they set up this Vipassana uh, practice. And it was 10 days and it was whoever wanted to do it could. So the prisoners, the guards, whoever wanted to be a part of it. And they did the 10 day seated meditation. And at the end, like the guards were hugging the prisoners and apparently like violence went down in the prison and people started working things out. And um, it's a pretty good movie. We watched it in my yoga training. Uh, But 10 days is rough. In fact, one of the girls in the training said she had done it. And she developed some like, I don't know, physical ailments during that time. Sitting 10 days, not doing anything else is not super gentle on the body. So I don't know how I feel. I'm pretty moderate with everything. Like maybe all day for 10 days is too much. I don't know. Maybe not. It depends on the person. How realistic is it when you have a family and uh, it's a tough thing, but I bet you do make some pretty incredible breakthroughs fighting through that mental battle, which I think is what it's all about. Even in two days, did you have some pretty big breakthroughs for us? No, because I was distracted by being ill. Um, and, and I also, um, I tend to distrust like other practices. You know, I think it's important that everybody finds their own practice and I don't think there's one right way, but a lot of the practices do say this is the one right way to reach enlightenment. And, um, and so that, that part troubles me. Um, I did make a note though, you know, you were talking about having a family and, um, that being a challenge to do something that's 10 days long. But, um, you know, I think that just like in our modern times, these things like we do like adventure recreation or meditation can actually be for the privileged few. Mm. And, you know, um, I noticed at my Vipassana, at least that, um, you know, a lot of the people showing up had pretty expensive cars and pretty expensive clothing. And um, I'm just thinking like people that have the money and time to be away for 10 days, um, you know, it's, it's making it exclusive, this meditation. And I think that's really neat what they did with this prison. Yeah. um, Because these people are not privileged. In fact, they have pretty much no rights or privileges. And to be able to give this, I think like um, the ultimate thing we can do with our meditation, if we can reach enlightenment, you know, is to uh, help others reach that too or or end suffering and their own suffering and so you know that's like the transcendence part of meditation if you can transcend your own wants your own needs your own desires so you can help others along the path i think that's you know more important than going to sit for 10 days (laughs) yeah i like that insight you know so much of the wellness 
realm is centered around people who have a lot of free time and money, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, I think probably what our goal would be with this, Jen, I think you'd agree, is to make it more accessible to everyone. Like, how do we do these mm -hmm. things in real time with full-time jobs and children and stressors, you know, something that is attainable. So That's I think at least initially the 10 minutes a day for 30 days is pretty attainable. And when you add that up, you know, 10 minutes over a week is over an hour. That's quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely agree. Yeah. And all of those little insights add up. I mean, that's really what life is about. And as a medical practitioner with my patients, I'm always trying to find things that are attainable because if people try to do these heroic changes, they might for a while, but I would say most people don't sustain that. So if we can make small changes that are attainable and then you can create a habit that continues, you know, my hope is that this is helpful. Like for you, Forrest, like you said, you hadn't done daily previously. I hope that this is an attainable practice for you that you get some benefit out of. And then 30 days turns into 60 days, turns into 90 days. Of course, there are going to be times that maybe you can't do it. But for the majority, maybe it could become a daily practice. Like we had talked about last time, our dad meditates every day about 30 minutes. And uh, he has made it a lifelong practice. And he just comments to me when I ask about it, that he's calmer, that he's happier, that he's more patient that it's just helped him to be a better person. And so, mm, yeah, maybe we can all do that. Mm -hmm. And Forrest, yeah, can you reflect a little bit on how it's been for you? Like what, what meditation over, you know, several years has done for you, been for you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to say. We're always kind of banking in the health bank, whether it's a food choice that we make or whether it's a health bank choice. Um, and, and so, you know, if, if we keep putting bad food in the tank, we're, we're baking up, we're banking up chronic health issues. And so I, I think in general, um, keeping a healthy mind, you know, doing 10 minutes a day, it's something that you can do anywhere. Meditation. If you have, if you arrive to the kid's soccer game early, you know, always try to arrive early and then you can sit in your car for 10 minutes. It's like a silent space where you can close your eyes and get to a mindful space in your head. And uh, I think that's the, the real precious gift about meditation is it's, it's something that we can do anytime, anywhere. Um, it's hard for me to say, you know, after years of doing it, what, effect it has had but I think in general um you know it, it helps your days you feel more at ease with your person with your astral being so like the the part of you that's not a physical form feels like it's moving through the world more gently more mm. easily um you know things affect you less like if something um happens that might be really frustrating you might laugh at it instead of having it really affect you um but you know again you know it, it's uh things bank up and so 
I just went through a period of moving. Um, and so, you know, there were a lot of frustrating things banked up. And so, um, you know, I think I spent a lot of time in self-care after that, taking baths and going for walks to kind of release that, those frustrating energies. Moving is very hard. My sympathies are with you. <laughs> it is really hard to move. <laughs> well, it's I'm also. Like, oh, go ahead, Forrest. Go ahead, Rachel. Oh, I was just going to say, I appreciate so much you bringing up how meditation is accessible and portable for everyone. Mm -hmm. That you just need 10 minutes. You could do it anywhere. And the line at the grocery store, <laughs> I mean, in some ways, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just a perspective. Well, and um, I think it's easy to forget about too. And you saw my planner. I've been writing it in my planner five times a day. I just write breathe. And then so I'll take, you know, a minute or two to take some deep rhythmic breaths. And then I check it off my planner, you know, and it's that's only a minute. But it's a form of meditation that can help put oxygen in your blood help relieve your nervous system of any tension you might be building up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, I, I, I love that idea. Like anytime you take a conscious breath, you're in meditation, even if it's just a tiny micro meditation. You can do and part of what you're doing is just trying to create, we've talked about creating space, but it's also creating perspective, right? I am not, these tasks that I do and if something bad happens in my life I can choose whatever perspective I want to view it from and sometimes if the lens is further out we tend to be happier yeah you're just right uh that you know that we're not these tasks or frustrations and moving the lens out I think that um I kind of like what Jen said of just taking a conscious breath. There's a lot in life we don't have control over, but our breath is something we can always control. Mm -hmm. um, and our mind, right? Mm -hmm. And your mind, yeah. You can choose your attitude about the situation. So I think that you're just right in um, you know, what you're saying. So what are you guys gonna choose today? <laughs> I'm going to choose a do-over on my morning meditation before I go to sleep tonight. <laughs> I'm going to focus on new beginnings because we just had a solar, uh, or I'm sorry, a lunar full moon eclipse and our family has been yeah. sick on and off for weeks. So I'm, it's a new beginning for me. Not today, viruses. <laughs> How about you, Forrest? I'm just going to try to smile. Um, so look in the mirror and smile and smile through my tasks. Um, you know, one, one tip I learned in meditation long ago was relaxing one's brow. Um, and, oh. and so, you know, in, in times that I want to be mindful, I try to be mindful of what my brow is doing. And if I can relax my brow, it can affect my whole demeanor, you know, and often make me smile. I think in meditation, for me, it's a lot about um, letting go as much as it is about discovery, you know, um, discovering 
by relaxing one one's brow that you've been keeping tension somewhere Mm -hmm. um you know if you have to relax your brow you realize how much tension you've you've kept up and so that's a discovery you could make you could also discover things uh, about um yourself that you didn't know through meditation and then you can let things go you can as quickly as you discover them you can let them go as quickly as you discover tension you can let it go yeah that's so true so often the parts of ourselves that we're unhappy with we aren't even consciously aware of so just being aware and letting some light shine on those places can allow us to let them go Forrest, do you tend to have like a specific spot that you sit for meditation? Do you like to have things in a certain way? Or is it like you were describing a little bit ago, you know, just try to do it wherever you happen to be? Or is it, you know, kind of a combination? I'm not very disciplined. Um, I do like to meditate laying down with something like a t-shirt covering my eyes um, mm. if I have the time and, and the quiet space to do so. Um, I like to sit in nature, but, um, you know, there are a lot of distractions in nature. And so, you know, for a beginner, it can be harder. But um, as you become a stronger meditator, you, you could meditate in a construction zone and not allow the vibrations or sound to uh, penetrate your, your thoughts. I really like a, a dark, quiet room. Mm -hmm. I can't lay down when I meditate or I fall asleep. I'm the same way. In I yoga, do sometimes, but in yoga, we did a lot of meditating lying down and I always fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I have to sit up. It keeps me awake. Yeah, I uh, have you done a yoga nidra class before? You know, I haven't wanted to. What is that? It's, so um, yoga nidra means sleep yoga. And so you, you hold um, positions, you know, like maybe legs up the wall or something. You hold them for a very long time. Um, but there's usually somebody, a practitioner there that's talking in a very slow and calm voice. And sometimes they guide you through a meditation, um, but maybe often they're just helping you become more calm. But you do kind of slip in and out of a sleep state in, in those classes, or at least I do. And I think that maybe there is something there, you know, if we're going to ask questions about meditation, you know, what is this connection of meditation and sleep or like what's the edge there between the two worlds mm -hmm. um you know i think meditation can can stimulate the nerve the central nervous system and that's probably a big part of what sleep is doing is restoring parts of our central nervous system i mean i don't know i haven't read the studies on it i'm not a, a scientist in that sense but you know these are good questions like what are these connections between between the two yeah and maybe are we out of time well we're at, no because we do the like 30 minutes yes it's been 30 minutes so we can uh -huh. wrap things up but we're close we're on the edge we're on the edge of sleep <laughs> uh, so sleep yeah sleep is a different brainwave activity you're talking about 
yeah you actually are in different like if you monitor the brain waves of people who are sleeping and people who are meditating they're different but they're I see. more similar than sleeping and wakefulness huh so there's like a spectrum and sure sleep and meditation sit right next to each other mm. and sleep and wakefulness sit further away the brain waves are similar in sleep and meditation but they are different mm. that's interesting yeah so um is there anything else for us that you had like in your notes or that you were wanting to share before we wrap up our session uh. I don't think I, I have much more, you know, I, I, I put down here, to, there's two other things I didn't talk about. One of them um, is reaction and judgment. And, and so I think like, you know, going through our, our normal daily lives, we spend a lot of time reacting to uh, situations we encounter um, and a lot of time judging those situations. And, um, I think the, those systems are put in place to help us survive. You know, we, a lot of times humans needed to make quick judgments um, in order to survive situations. But um, I feel like a lot of the judgments we make in modern times are, are, um, can be harmful. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times in my, in my meditation practice, I try to reduce my reaction to um, thoughts I'm having let them happen um, again going back to that surrendering um, you know in my a lot of my yoga classes the instructors say you know let let these things happen without judgment don't judge where your body is at this time in the practice well we can do that with meditation too is not to judge our thoughts as they flow in just let them come um, and i think that you know the more and more you meditate the more um, comfortable you get with letting that happen, letting, you know, maybe angry thoughts come in your head and, and not try to suppress them or, or um, judge them, like not to think I'm an angry person because I'm having an angry thought. Instead, just say I'm having an angry thought. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> and then you move forth from there. Oh, the last, uh, do you have anything to say on that? <laughs> uh, one thing I do have to say is I love that you bring that point up because it's really important. Uh, and I, tr I try to remain curious, right? And so often when you work with meditation practitioners, yoga practitioners, um, it's a common theme to remain curious, to just stay open mm -hmm. and aware and try to say, huh, what's that teaching? Or that's interesting. And I see that kids do that mostly. You know, mm -hmm. Micah, my son, he'll pick up a electronic device and learn how the whole thing works in like five minutes. And it'll be something I've had forever. I say, how did you know how to do that? He said, I don't know, I just tried a lot of things. Just <laughs> curious, you know, just experimenting. And I think I know how it works, so I just use it the way it works. He's just experimenting and playing. <laughs> Staying curious, and you can get a lot out of life by doing that with everything. Staying curious. We don't know everything. Maybe mm. what we think is right. Maybe there's something more to it. And if you stay curious, you're more aware and open to seeing that. I'm good at recognizing that in other people. 
um, not always in myself. When someone mm-hmm. comes to me frustrated and talking about it, I'm better at sort of pulling on that thread of asking questions to try to get them to step back a little bit and think and question the, to kind of get a little bit out of the frustration and the anger, um, as you said, kind of widen the lens. And But it's hard to do that with yourself sometimes. Maybe meditation mm-hmm. will give you some space for that, Jen, because you already got the tools. Right. You just might have more of an ability to apply them to yourself. Jen, have you ever been hypnotized? Maybe once. Um, it would have been in my young adulthood, which was so very long ago. I do think that I tried some hypnosis for smoking or something at some point. Mm-hmm. It didn't work then. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But that's really the only foray I've ever had into hypnosis. So I don't, I don't have much experience with it. Mm. So I, I had a hypnotherapy session, only one, and um, I, told, I talked to Rachel about it a little bit. Um, but one thing he did at the beginning of the practice, you know, we, we talked, you just said widening the lens or looking more broadly. Um, you know, I had this blockage that I went there to work on, this, this um, breakthrough that I was trying to reach and, you know, um, this anxiety I was, I was working with. And, and he said okay, well, picture yourself in the situation that brings you anxiety. And, you know, often when we picture that, we picture it very vividly, um, in close detail, colorfully, you know, and, and it, like our awareness of everything is heightened, the sounds, the colors, when we picture it. And so he said, well, now picture yourself watching it on a television, oh, watching yourself on a television. And so, you know, it creates this almost um, less lifelike or more artificial lens that we see that through. And then he said, now picture you're watching it on a black and white television. And (laughs) that's it just, and it just made me, I was just laughing at it, you know, because it just seemed ridiculous. My anxiety, watching my anxiety on a black and white television made it seem very ridiculous that's fascinating mm-hmm. yeah so i don't mean to commandeer the four minutes we have left but the last thing i had on my uh, notes was uh plus one which um was something i i embodied when i was an outdoor guide and also it's a concept that came from um a linguist, I think it was Stephen Krashen that, that came up with this concept of comprehensible input plus one. And so the plus one is the challenge. We want to challenge people, but not so much that we put them into a misadventure because if you ever go on a, a mountain climb and you end up in a misadventure, you're probably not going to go on a mountain climb again. And so we want to take people with uh, what they're comfortable with and then add plus one. So just make it, turn the volume up just a little bit. We want people to be challenged. Um, And so that's what I think about too in my meditation is like, how can I push myself a little further? What's the plus one here? And I don't know what that is honestly with meditation um, because it's it's not typically something that's challenging in a way that we're used to. 
-hmm. You know, we might have challenges at work or in our home life or with our kids. And um, those things are a lot harder to to push yourself than like going on a run or or climbing a mountain. Climbing a mountain, okay, I'm going to climb the next higher, more technical mountain. But um, things with your kids or meditation, it's like, how do I challenge myself to become better at this? I don't know. And so maybe you guys have uh, advice on how to create some kind of challenge. Well, <laughs> I think one, the 10 minutes a day is I was say for one, doing it 30 minutes, 30 days in a row is one way. Um, hmm. Another, I think with meditation is surrender, right? So when you jump to judgment or you jump to anger, pause, hmm. Take a deep breath and just let yourself let go a little bit. I think that is one way to push yourself because then you're bringing meditation into your daily life. Mm. Mm. Like oh, you're, you're saying putting it into practice. Mm -hmm. like, like when you are frustrated with your kids, then you surrender to it. Is that kind of what you're saying? Uh-huh. You let go a little bit. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. And... Um, for now, we'll do the 30 days because that's another way to quantify and challenge. But it looks like we have pushed the envelope on our time. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. It was so great to talk with you. So good to see you. Yeah. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Rachel. It's been an honor and a, and a privilege and a pleasure to be here today. Great. Keep memories of the sauna together at Rachel's. Yeah. yeah, that would be a great meditation spot. <laughs> All right. Well, this is Two Sisters Health with Forrest today, talking meditation. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Forrest. Bye-bye. Thank you all. Bye. Thank you. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you, Forrest. <laughs>